Welcome to the podcast. I am Rick Thomas, and you are listening to Your Daily Drive. Thank you so much for joining me for this podcast. I want to talk about a common problem, something that you have experienced in your relationships, regardless of the kind of relationship that you have. And that's this idea of people not telling you the whole truth and nothing but the truth. We are all tempted to hide behind our fig leaves in certain contexts, and that can be frustrating to you if you have someone in your life who is not as revealing as you would like for them to be. Now, I titled this podcast, Counseling Can Be a Lying Profession. I had a conversation with two counselees recently, and the issue of lying came up, and I mentioned to them that telling falsehoods is a regular part of my profession. Now, that is a true statement. It's a sad statement, but it is true, and honestly, I've, I've never thought about lying as being a part of what I do as in a recurring thought in my mind. It just is what it is people tell me falsehoods regularly. But then I got to thinking as I was talking to these two individuals, is that does anybody talk about this, this idea of not telling the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? And I concluded that I don't hear a lot of discussion about lying as it relates to counseling. I don't hear, I don't think a lot of people talk about this idea, or as it relates to discipleship. Those would be two contexts that many of us can relate to if you do what people call formalized counseling, or what I prefer to say, if you do discipleship, if you're meeting with another individual over coffee or tea or water or whatever it may be, and you're talking about their lives there can be an inhibition on their part to withhold the truth from you. It is a part of who we are as Adam people. We are Adamic, meaning that we are fallen people. We have not reached the place of sinless perfection, and because we have not, there are liabilities in play, even for those of us who name the name of Christ. You have been converted. God has regenerated you, but you are not perfect yet. And if you're not careful, there can be a temptation to not reveal all of yourself to the other person. Now, I am not saying that that is necessarily wrong. In fact, I'm going to make a case that it can be wise for you to withhold the truth from some of your friends. And I also want to expand this idea beyond the counseling office because I know most of the people that listen to these podcasts, they're not what we would call professional counselors. And that's great. I think that is fantastic. But they are Christians and they are disciplers and most of them fall within that realm. Whether it's a husband who is trying to serve his wife, whether it's a wife who is serving her husband in the area of sanctification, children helping their parents, and parents helping children. What about small group? If you meet with a small group of brothers and sisters, well, there's going to be this temptation to withhold the truth. 
if it's a mixed gender group, a small group that way, or if it's a men's group or a ladies group, it doesn't matter what the context is. Where two or more people are gathered, Jesus may be in the midst of that, <laughs> but Adam will be too. And my concern is, is that some of us on the helping end can become frustrated with those who are withholding the truth. We can become impatient. The big Bible word here is self-righteous. Self-righteousness is a greater than, better than attitude where we elevate ourselves above the other person and look down on them as though they are the only person in the room with a problem. And if you become impatient with the people that you serve, then you need to get on the couch and you need to be your first counselee. You need to stop helping others and get some help yourself because you have a significant problem. And if you don't get that help, well, there is potential that you can blow up the relationship because the truth is, is that people, they will lie to you, but they will also withhold the truth, and those two things are not necessarily the same thing. So husband, if your wife is not telling you the whole truth and nothing but the truth, I, I want you to ask yourself, why is this? Is this exclusively her problem? If you have a child, mother, if you have a child and your child is not forthcoming, not being transparent, is this 100% your child's fault, or could there be other things in play? If you want to read this podcast, let me appeal to you to go to our website, rickthomas.net. You can type in the search box, counseling can be a lying profession, or lying profession will get you there, and this article will pop up. This podcast is embedded inside the article, so you can listen to it there. But you can read the podcast if you wish, and that would be great. And then what I want you to do is to share this podcast with 1,000 of your closest friends. I was talking to a friend recently, and he was telling me how many people that he, is, he shares our content with, and it was so encouraging. And so thank you for doing that. This article here is a short-form article. I would say maybe 800 words. I don't remember, but it's, it's short as far as our content goes. And so this could be a wonderful discussion topic. You can take this article and print it off or just send the link to everybody in the small group that you're meeting with and say, hey, I know it says counseling can be a lying profession, but let's just strike that. And let's talk about our relationships with each other. Do we withhold the truth? Are we inhibited from revealing ourselves? Are some of us uh, hiding behind our fig leaves? And can we talk about this? Well, the truth is, is that they do. You do. It is a, it is a temptation. And I really didn't dawn, uh, or this idea didn't dawn on me until I began to reflect upon it. Upon what I told my friends, historically, I just accepted this idea of withholding the truth as part of what I do. And in one sense, or at least in that sense, it's not a big deal. I don't get hung up on it, to be honest with you. I've had so many people lie to me uh, in my life. Uh, as I'm talking about counseling specifically. 
And it's just, it's part of the business, so to speak. But let's take a look at this for just a moment. I want to talk about it and give you some thoughts that I hope that will encourage you. And the first thing is, is what are the lies? What, what is really going on here? Usually lying starts at the beginning of a counseling session while I'm, while I'm trying to discover as many details about the past and current happenings of the folks that I'm serving. Now, in many cases, counselees do not come completely clean. Now, there are others who are more humble, more transparent. They're free enough to get down and dirty, to get to the core issues quickly. I mean, there are some people that are just laying it out for me as they are walking through the door. You know, it's kind of like, I hope this illustration is not too crass for you, but it's kind of like, a woman giving birth. I mean, sometimes when the pain level is is so intense that it doesn't matter. God, doctors, a whole team of staff, it doesn't matter who's in the room. I, I want to deliver this baby. And sometimes our problems can be so intense or so frustrated and, or, or so significant that it just doesn't matter. And so they walk in the room sharing all of their troubles. And from the counseling side of things, a discipler's side of things, it really does help. But then there are other situations where I have to prod and ask and poke and seek and re-ask and search and keep pressing into the individual because they do not want to come clean with all that is going on in their lives. On some occasions, we had gone three or four weeks into counseling before they would open up about themselves. I remember one time I was counseling a a young lady who came to me who said that she was single and and she began to you know share her problems and I don't remember the length of time that we met at this point. It was a long time ago, and I'm talking about more than a decade and she came and And then after, I'm thinking like five or six counseling sessions, which would be at least two months. After we met, she said, Rick, I have something that I want to share with you. And I thought, well, maybe she's going to say she had an abortion or she's going to, you know, something or or she was sexually, uh, uh, I, I lost my train of thought. She was sexually molested as a child something real big like that and she said i just well i need to tell you that actually i'm married and my husband lives in another country and i'm like seriously why didn't you just tell me that from the beginning but it's who she was it's how she struggled she was deeply insecure and she didn't know me from adam's house cat and so there it was now the counseling changed it it pivoted at that point, as it usually does when someone shares significant information with you that they have been holding back, well, the counseling is going to pivot, and it can get really good at that point. Now, what you don't want to do as a soul care provider is you don't want to become angry at them, because if you become angry at them, then you're piling on you're taking your sin and jumping on top of their sin, and that just complicates matters. That's called a complicating problem when you pile something on a pre-existing pile. And so just get over yourself and accept it for what it is, and, and let's work with it. And so she shared 
many weeks, many sessions later that she was married. And honestly, I did not see that coming. I mean, if you tell me you're single, you're single. And that's pretty, it's pretty clear. It's black and white. But it was something that they were holding back, that people were holding back in general, not just her, but, but people. They hold back something that had a significant effect on the counseling process. I asked, well, why didn't you tell me? This is a question that I would ask anyone. Why didn't you tell me in the beginning? Now, usually they are embarrassed to say. And so what they end up doing is there are three things here. They can spin the truth into something that's not really true. So they spin it, they twist it into something else, they add to it, embellish it, or, or they just avoid it. Now, what this lady did, the single lady who was married, she just avoided the truth and began to talk about other things. See, lying is not just telling apparent falsehoods. There are several ways to tell lies that fall within the, the domain of what we call, that do not fall within the domain of what we call black and white. You know, if someone was telling you a, just a big old falsehood, I mean, it would be clear as day. You can see it. You see it coming a mile away. But most of us, because we're good Christian people, we don't do that. So, for example, we leave out part of the truth, which is what this lady did. Now, when you leave out part of the truth, meaning you're telling 75% of the truth, but you're leaving 25% out, well, that's a form of lying. As I mentioned, embellishing the truth, that's like adding stuff to it. You know, a fishtail. Uh, when you, uh, you go fishing and you catch this little, little fish that's about three inches long, and then as time goes by, that fish gets bigger and bigger and bigger until 10 years later, it was a humongous bass that you caught, and you tell this horrific story of how you reeled him in, that's embellishing the truth, and that's a lot, that's lying, and so leaving out or adding to, and then avoiding the facts, and that's what the lady did, the single lady who was married, she just avoided it, but all of those, and that's the way most of us, if we're going to lie, we're probably going to lie that way, those three ways, leaving out, adding to, avoiding. Withholding the truth, however, this is where I want to take it to another place. It can be a wisdom issue. Jesus was prone to withhold specific things from people for redemptive reasons. You can read a text of Scripture, John 2, 18 through 25. Jesus is having a discussion with the Pharisees, and he withheld the truth. He avoided the facts. He would not let them know about uh, his resurrection. In fact, throughout the Gospels, there's this overarching theme called the Messianic secret where Jesus did not reveal his truest intentions until the very end of his life. Now, there was a reason for that. Uh, he knew that they couldn't handle the truth, and so he held back. And we know that even when he got to the place of telling Peter about what was up, that Peter could not handle the truth. There was a reason Jesus was withholding the facts. But the opposite is also true. Misleading others by leaving out information can be sinful deception. 
And so before you classify all forms of ambiguous or incomplete communication as lying, you must determine the motive behind the person's unwillingness to reveal specific things about themselves or about a situation to you. Now, I want to give you a couple considerations to think about, three of them of why people will withhold the truth. The first one is, can you steward what they need to say? Perhaps they are vetting you. It is always wise to vet the person you're talking to because the hearer of the information may not be mature enough or competent enough to care for them. If the person has had a horrible experience in their past and they don't know you, they better, they should guard themselves against future potential hurt if they don't know you. They need for you to prove yourself. Let me ask you, are you competent to handle their truth? Are you compassionate, not just competent to handle it? Oh, I can handle anything. I'm strong. I'm tough. I'm impenetrable. But are you compassionate? Are you kind? Small talk is the prerequisite to deep conversation, and it is typically foolish to launch into in-depth communication with an individual that you do not know. Now, the foolish person can err on either side of the spectrum. One, by withholding essential things that the discipler needs to know, by never telling the truth. Or the other side is by saying too much too quickly. And so before you uncharitably judge a person for withholding the truth, be sure to assess yourself. That log in your eye, as Jesus talked about, are you the reason they are not transparent? And so the first idea, the first consideration, can you steward what they need to say? Now, the second consideration is perhaps it's not you. Perhaps it is that horrific experience. Now, in cases like that, you want to slow down. You want to pump the brakes on the discipleship process by giving them time and space to open up and speak honestly. Don't push them. This crucial aspect of soul care is something that makes counseling a liability because the counseling process typically has a faster pace. Now, you can also mess this up in your marriage, too. Remember, all spouses come into the marriage as damaged people. We are damaged goods. We came from the dent and dinged section of the grocery store. We're all broken. And if you're not apprised of this and you begin to learn things about your spouse that you didn't know during the dating relationship, you can begin pushing too hard too quickly and you can really mess things up. And so perhaps they had a a horrific experience. And then number two, number three, don't forget about the fear of others. Proverbs 29, 25. Most Christians have have not had an experience with an authentic, caring community or with with their families and, and local churches. They haven't had an authentic, caring community. Open, transparent, honest, non-punitive. That's a big one. Redemptive speech is rare for a lot of people. I, I run into this all the time in our ministry. People are afraid to say things to us because they haven't had an experience in non, non-punitive relationships and then when we're nice to them and we don't jump all over them, they're like, wow. In fact, one lady, she donated to our ministry because of that. She said, because of what I read on Facebook and how it's not a harsh community, it's such an aberration, sadly. I'm not used to that. And so they're hesitant about opening up. 
And so don't forget that people struggle with fear. The title of this podcast is Counseling Can Be a Lying Profession. But before you jump to conclusions, think about why. Assess yourself and build redemptively with your friends. Thanks for listening. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.